And it's recording. That's exciting. I'm really not very good at driving Zoom, but the reason we use Zoom is because I can do exactly that. I can record it to the cloud and then one of my team picks it up and does all the editing stuff. Um, So that's why I use Zoom. And then it also gives me an opportunity to see your smiling face as well. Right. Ready to go? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Kia ora and welcome everyone to Bridging the Gap podcast. I'm here today with the lovely Danny, who I have um, convinced to come along and talk to me and tell her story. Kia ora, Danny, welcome. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Good to be here. That's awesome. So to help people get to know you a bit, um, why don't you give our listeners the, your elevator pitch or barbecue pitch, however you just uh, describe who you are and what you do in the digital technology space? Sure. Yeah. So my name's Danny Wright. Uh, I'm the design lead at Catch Design in Wellington. Uh, so my focus is UX and UI design and just generally anything else that intersects with those things. Which, and I find UX and UI design fascinating, and I know it's an art, and it's really interesting, but I know your career didn't start um, doing that UX and UI design, did it? So tell us a little bit about where you started and how you got to to being in this space. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I got a Bachelor of Visual Communication Design from Massey, um, of course, at the time, UX, UI design wasn't actually something that was offered in universities, so you couldn't even study it. So I started as a graphic designer. Um, I worked in a couple of marketing roles doing marketing design. Um, Then moved into Silverstripe, which was a design and dev agency as well as a product company, but um, they allowed me to make that diagonal move into the UX, UI design role. Um, So that's where I first started working with multiple different clients and and working alongside developers, which is what I still do now. And I remember you doing things with, was it appliances and stuff in your original graphics graphic design role? It's quite different than technology, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So so my first graphic design role was selling um, Mitsubishi electric products. So that's right. Um, heat pumps, fridges, and then yeah, moving to Silverstripe, I was then trying to sell a product, which was and some and sell services, which was a quite different thing to grasp because it's not so tangible. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was very different to what I do now. Yeah, definitely. And do you still in your role with Catch? Do you still work with developers? Is it a similar kind of a model that you have there? It is, and I actually think it might be even more well integrated at Catch just because we've got kind of a, a trio of people who lead a team like the the producer, the technical lead and the design lead and, and we have the responsibility of um, always staying connected and keeping those three parts of the business together um, and I also have a really great relationship with our front-end developer in Wellington um, so yeah it's a small company so I, I pretty much solely work with him as a front end. So we have a really great connection now. Oh, that's really cool. So the digital technology industry um, is predominantly a very male-dominated industry. There are around 25% um, of those who work in the industry are women. 
And I know in the design space, the statistics are probably slightly better. There are often more women attracted to design work. Have you had any challenges that you you think you've faced because you're a woman working in the tech sector or um, any examples of situations you've found yourself in that um, you'd like to share? Yeah, so the, this is interesting for me because I think, as you kind of already noted, there are a lot more women in design roles. So the, the split is a bit more even. Um, I feel as if, if, as long as you're in the right kind of environment for, for a tech company, um, I don't think there are always going to be struggles that you face as a, as a woman. I think I've been really lucky with the, the tech um, environments that I've been a part of as far as um, always ensuring that as women, we're given outlets to, um, to connect with one another and support one another. Um, so for me, it's actually always been reasonably positive. And um, I mean, for, as, for one thing, my um, both of my creative directors have been male. So that's kind of an interesting flip in that um, as far as my, yeah, my mentors um, have both been male, but also at Catch, we have a design director who's a female. Um, so that's given me a new perspective, which is, which is really good. Um, I mean, I have obviously faced challenges as a woman in the workforce, but I don't think yeah, they're down yeah. to being in the tech industry. Yeah, oh, that's really, really fantastic to hear and really quite heartwarming to hear because a lot of the stories I hear from women are where they've struggled to have their voices heard and they've, they've struggled to see other women that they can aspire to be like. So it's great you have had such a different experience Mm. good that's really cool so I guess that leads to my next question which is what was the moment or the situation that made you think yes this is the industry for me or this is the job for me what led to you making that choice so I think it's probably from the get-go with one of the first projects I was on I mean um up until this point, I'd been, as I said, working on marketing design and trying to sell stuff to people. And I was starting to become a little bit less enamored with the idea of of that form of design. Um, And so before I was even officially moved into UX UI role, I was given the opportunity to kind of sit in on some some project work. And the kind of clients we were working with, um, for example, bike ready which was waka kotahi back in the day something that they were working on and then um worked a lot with fire and emergency to start with and of course all the fire and emergency so many volunteers and what we were doing was trying to enable them to do their job better or you know it wasn't just here buy this thing and line the deep pockets of of someone you know so that was the moment I just thought it um it felt more valuable the kind of work and it um it taught me how to think about the people that are interacting with what we do um, on a whole new level. So that was probably the moment. That's really cool. Yeah, so you could see the impact as well that you were having of your mahi, which is really cool. Yeah. So for anyone out there who's listening to this, who's young and considering a future in a design kind of role like you or 
someone who's doing something completely different and thinks they'd like to retrain, what's one piece of advice you'd like to give them? So I think the key thing that's really favoured me and would favour a lot of people in the tech industry in general, so not just designers, but also developers, is to really focus on um, not just your craft, but also your soft skills. So um, a lot of people can be, you know, wonderful at their craft and what they do. But if you aren't able to then communicate that to people and and sell them on your idea, you can kind of fall down a bit, I think, because it's all about the level of trust, I think. Um, so not just clients, but also the other people that you're working with. Um, so that, that's the advice I would give is just take every opportunity to to work on soft skills, presenting to people. Um, I'm not saying go out there and speak at a conference, but, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe one day. Um, yeah, that would be my advice. And thank you for letting me convince you to come and be on my podcast <laughs> and give that advice. That's really awesome. Thank well, again, yeah, this that. is me taking that opportunity. It's like being presented yeah. to me, so jump on it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's good advice. Right, I've got an early question for you. If you could invent something to solve a wicked problem, what wicked problem would you want to solve? Oh, there are so many. Um, <laughs> so I th- oh, I'm going to go with two. Um, <laughs> so right now I think public transport in Wellington is absolutely rubbish. That is a, <laughs> that is a gnarly problem I would love to solve. <laughs> Um, let's just, everybody can just teleport. Um, no, but more seriously, I think probably the cost of food. Um, so being able to provide, you know, healthy meals to all the children for, for a good price, because people, uh, it's just ridiculous how much vegetables cost. That's what I would love to solve. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? And those are both great problems to be solving. Um, so just to talk a little bit about technology and there's some real changes that are going to change the face of the industry and I'm sure you're looking at some of those in the um in kind of the image AI space in the design space is there anything that's caught your eye that you've thought's pretty interesting that that is going to that you're going to be able to embrace or that you're worried about um that's worth having a discussion on yeah I mean obviously everybody's talking about AI at the moment and especially in our industry and even just in our workplace it that comes up at least once a day um but I think that's one of those things which is both exciting and kind of terrifying for people in our roles I mean so I mean it's here to stay we're stuck with AI it's just going to keep growing and changing it's not it's not the metaverse it's not going to just fall flat um and so I think what what I'm really interested to see is how we can um, kind of adapt to it and actually utilize it rather than just saying, oh, we don't like this, it's going to take our job. But like, you know, how can we use it in a way that um, maybe helps us day to day, but doesn't necessarily replace us? Because, yeah, there's there's always something, I feel like there's something missing with AI right now as far as what it can achieve and um, I'm sure it'll get better in the future but 
I would never ask, I would never expect anybody to ask AI to design a whole website because you're completely lacking that critical thinking element of it. There's there's a lot that, you know, we can't just mindlessly let it take control of all of our work because in the end, it's just going to end up with um, with strange outcomes that don't necessarily help the users. So, yeah, I think finding a way to get ahead of it and and bring it into our practices, but in a sensible way is yeah. what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, and where it can help improve your productivity is going to be really important, but it's not going to replace that kind of human piece of your role of understanding the motives and drivers and intentions. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good insight. Good luck with that. And yeah. you're right, it's here to stay. Okay, I have some quick fire questions for you. If you had to choose between having a robot assistant running around after you or an AI virtual assistant taking all the pain out of your workload, which one would you pick and why? That's a tough one, especially after what I just said. Because um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> weirdly, I still I, I think I would choose the robot assistant. Because, um, yeah, I would much rather be left to my own devices to do all of the thinking for myself but someone can run away and make my dinner um I think that <laughs> robot assistant fair enough good good answer what's the best tech gadget in your life at the moment day-to-day my phone because you can go out somewhere and it's the only thing you need like I play my music <laughs> yeah. I spend my money, I use my loyalty cards. It's all on one place, so. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the worst tech gadget in your life? Um, my Apple mouse, my magic mouse, because I had to charge it yesterday and you can't use it while it's charging. <laughs> oh, wow, that's really interesting. You should get a pad one like I've got because you can use it while you're charging. That's yeah. awesome. Yep, it's a poor design from Apple. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And what's your top tech tip that you tend to give people? I think um, in terms of your workflow, don't try and do everything yourself because if you if there's something out there that you find is painful or difficult, someone's probably already solved a way to, you know, speed it up. So find the right tools, you know, whether it's something to help with running user testing or prototyping or, or, or color contrast checking, there are tools for everything. So I would say, nice. yeah, do a bit of research, get some tools. Fair enough. Um, are you a person who will doom scroll or do you shut it all down? Shut it all down. <laughs> Fair enough. I never even and... look at the news. <laughs> oh, wow. Social media, do you follow things? Yeah, yeah. And finally, what makes you happy? Being with my family makes me happy. Um, reading a good book. And I would say getting a job well done. Cool. Nice. That sounds really lovely. So you work for Catch. Do you want to give us a little bit of info about them and where people can find more about where you work? 
For sure. Yeah. So shout out to my team at Catch Design. Um, we're both Wellington and Auckland based design and development agency. I work with uh, a small group of really talented individuals. So if you want to get in touch or check out who we are, you can go to catchdesign.co.nz. Um, I'll specifically ask you if you want to look at our, our team page, meet the team. And when you click on a person's face, just drag it slightly and you'll get a bit of a surprise on, okay. on the photos. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's a great tip. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time today, Danny. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast and telling us about being a designer. It was awesome. No worries. Thanks, Vic. Kakito.